Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Communication is key, but what gets lost in the word communication is effective. Mm-hmm. It's not about talking. It's about effectively communicating. And that, that is sometimes things aren't working the way that you want them to. And that's really difficult for a lot of couples, I find. I know you are doing the best that you can right now. Your relationships matter to you. You are important. And yet over time, we get stuck. We get lost or we stop showing up as our true self. We get hung up on the stories we tell ourselves, the comparisons, or feeling like we are not good enough. I'm Not Your Shrink is a podcast aimed at helping you feel connected to yourself, to others, and to live a life that is in line with what matters most to you. I'm Dr. Tracy Dalgleish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair and being a wife and mother to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Let's dive in. We are on episode four of four for my mini series on talking all about real relationships. I am having a lot of fun narrowing in on these conversations and bringing up topics that aren't always talked about in depth on social media or maybe not even at all. If you haven't yet, please go back to the first one where I talk with Rini and Sean about resentment and how their relationship changed after having a baby. And they were like most of us who say our relationship is solid, we'll be good. And then the second one is with Kat and Nat talking about the importance of friendships. And then the third episode is all about how to be a partner with a first responder or with a partner who is out of the home for multiple days or weeks at a time. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about balancing the relationship space in the context of also being business partners together. But before I jump into telling you more about who I'm sitting with today, I want to sink into where we are right now. There are just a few days more until my new book is being released. My new book is titled, I Didn't Sign Up For This, and I actually cannot believe we are here. It is surreal to be sitting here saying my book will be in your hands in five days or so. Next week, I'm going to have an episode with a special guest so that we can break down what it's been like to write this. She's actually going to interview me. And I'm also going to have an episode in the coming weeks, just breaking down the book process. I know sometimes we get to these end results and we don't necessarily see the steps in between. And from my own experience, sometimes it looks so easy as if people are moving seamlessly through life. And I know that isn't true. This has been a two-year process, and before that, years of being on walks and voice-noting memos to myself about what I wanted to write about and the stories to share. So if you haven't yet, I would love for you to grab the book. I wrote this book because I found myself frequently sitting in front of clients, both individuals and couples, wishing they could have seen the other client that was just in my office. We often feel like we are the only ones struggling in our difficulties, struggling in our relationships, and I wanted to share the stories of the everyday struggles that people have and also how you can move through those difficulties to find healthy interdependence so that you can find how to navigate the mental load, how to deal with boundaries and with a difficult ex-wife that's interfering, blending your family, how one couple deals with a difficult mother-in-law and how another client comes to my office saying, I'm here on my own. My husband says I'm the problem. And that last story in there is also me and how I found myself saying the very thing that my clients were saying, which is I didn't sign up for this. 
So through the book, you're going to follow the stories of these couples. And this book is part memoir and part self-help. I wanted you to read a book where you wanted to get to know the people in the stories and you could see their journey and the process that they went on to make changes. And within the book, I also left you with exercises at the end of each chapter so that you could do them on your own or you could invite your partner into that space. And I received a message this morning actually from someone who I sent an advanced copy to. And she had said, your book is so good. I feel like you're speaking to my soul. I can relate to so many of the stories and it's so beautifully written, which reading those comments are just so, so meaningful. So knowing that the book is coming out in just a few short days, I'm going to nudge you to pre-order the book because when you do, I'm also going to be sending you some great bonuses to help you deepen your work and start having these conversations with your partner. And you also get a ticket to my online live event with New York Times bestselling author, Dr. Shafali. She wrote The Conscious Parent and she is doing such fantastic work. I absolutely love listening and reading and working with her. And we're going to have a great conversation talking about healing old wounds and building conscious relationships. And there's one more thing that I am so, so thrilled to share with you because this is one of those bucket drops for me. This is me filling up what is truly meaningful to me, which is being able to connect with you live and in person. So if you're in the Toronto area, if you are in the GTA space, I would love for you to join me on September 12th. We are going to be celebrating the book. We're celebrating the launch. And to do that, we're doing a live conversation all around attachment, boundaries, and the mental load. And with me, she will actually be interviewing me, is the host of the Mom Room podcast, Renee Rena. We've sat together several times and had so many great conversations on each other's podcasts that I know this session is going to bring so much alive for all of us. And I can't wait to do this. I can't wait to see you in person. So included in your ticket to the Toronto event, you will get a signed copy of my book and I'm throwing in an extra bonus. One of my values is to ensure that you are getting the resources that you need. And this one is really important to me. It's a two-part workshop. It's one of my most requested, most popular workshops. And I'm going to give that to you included in my ticket. And that's the Conquer Resentment Workshop. So I've got all of the details in the show notes. I'd love to see you live on September 12th. Bring your partner, get a babysitter, make a date night of it have these deeper conversations afterwards, or bring a girlfriend that you are both working on better boundaries and learning your attachment styles in your life. I can't wait to see you there. All right, let's move on to today's episode. Today, I am sitting with Ryan and Brittany. They are the host of the Laughing Couple podcast, and they aim to bring laughter education, and relatability to topics such as relationships, parenting, sex, money, and marriage. Having known each other for almost 30 years, whew, they've been together since 2010, Brittany and Ryan bring a tremendous amount of real-life experience to an audience. Their laid-back, no BS, fully transparent approach to communication is a refreshing substitution for what social media has recently been projecting. It's also one of the reasons why I wanted to sit with them because this just really fills up for me this part of the conversation around real relationships. As one of the fastest growing podcasts reaching number one in Canada for family and parenting, they've built a loyal and connected community with a combined reach of over half a million subscribers and followers. In today's conversation, we talk about building a safe space for support in your relationship and choosing who you turn to in difficult times, navigating intimacy as business partners, and conversations around the mental load. I am so excited to have this conversation with Ryan and Brittany. Let me give you a little bit about what we're doing here today. Britt and Ryan. And first, let me just start by saying thank you so much for coming over here to I'm Not Your Shrink and hanging out with me. I've hung out with you guys several times on The Laughing Couple, which I don't remember both times, but I know we've had great conversations in the past. Glad it was memorable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was so fun. I don't remember. 
Britt, does that sound familiar about what Ryan said to you about something not being memorable on your podcast? Yeah. Like, it's kind of like memorable sex. Like, (laughs) it's just like kind of the same. You know, isn't that so weird? So bizarre how that works out. She takes it too literal. I didn't say anything. I had I had to go there. I'm so sorry. All right. So I invited you onto the pod because what I what I'm doing right now is a mini series about real couples and real relationships. And something that I really admire about the two of you is how you're showing up here authentically as the two of you, as your relationship, and talking about stuff that oftentimes people are not talking about. And we've become so comfortable, I think, in some ways, talking about those really hard parenting moments like, oh, you know, kid just had a tantrum, we're in the middle of Ikea, and I'm going to share this online. We're also becoming more open to talk about mental health and our anxiety challenges and challenges with depression and perinatal difficulties. But what we're still struggling with, I find, and I don't know if you guys agree with me, but rarely do I see people at the park saying, oh, yeah, you know last night with my partner was just brutal. We're just not having that openness around our relationship. And and I think that comes from a lot of shame Mm -hmm. and struggle in terms of, you know, will people judge me if I actually say like, oh, we've hit a a rough spot. Or, you know, after having kids, people will say, is the baby sleeping? How are you doing? But rarely are we saying, you know, hey, Ryan, how are you feeling in your relationship now that this like you know, earth shattering change has taken place. So let's start in that place of talking about your relationship in the sense of you guys work together. You have a really unique role that you both play doing the podcast together, navigating the home, the kids, it's all together. So tell us about that part of you. Tell us what that's like. Okay, let's maybe start uh, at the beginning when we talk just about people maybe not sharing honestly about their struggles within the relationship. We have talked about this multiple times. I think that it's important that each partner has a sounding board outside of each other. But we think that you need to be very careful who you share this information with. It has like one or two people, your close knit friends, only because we have this this theory, it's like when you have a celebrity couple, they break up, right? Everybody else, there's no closure. It's like, we want closure for the couple. Like what happened, right? So we find like, if you're out here blabbing your problems about your relationship, and then you go back home, you have a conversation with your partner, you get closure, right? You you figured it out. And then the next time you show up with your friends, they still hold on to this like, frustration for your partner and that can build into like resentment, resentment, resentment. So you need to like almost give closure. So this is why we say it's really important to keep that circle small and, and level headed. Like my, I have two best friends who I would share frustrations with that know Ryan as its own, as his own person. So like they're kind of an unbiased, like they would bury his body if I needed them to, but like they know that it, it, deep down his core, he's a good person. So they're not just deep, like, deep down <laughs> in his core. They're like, not gonna not like, as a general, he's a good person. No, I see somewhere buried. They're down not going to just show up and be like, yeah, like, we hate Ryan. You know what I mean? They're going to be like, that's really frustrating. Like, you know, Ryan loves you. You guys are just struggling. Do you know what I mean? It's sounding advice. And so I think that couples run into a problem when you start talking to everybody about these problems, because then, then it gets messy. It gets really messy and there's lots of judgments and you don't, you don't want to do that. So I think it's important that you do share and you're honest about it, but just keep your circle tight. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by Factor. There are many times in the week when I need to phone it in for dinner. It's been a full day of clients, the kids are having big feelings, or I'm just tired. 
but I don't just want to reach for fast food. I want something that is delicious, ready to eat, affordable, and includes a nutritious meal. And Factor's ready-to-eat meals, snacks like my go-to midday bites, and smoothies all meet what I am looking for. Factor's pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals are delivered right to your door. It doesn't get any easier than that. And I love that they have over 35 different options a week to choose from, and they have over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. Something I'm really conscious about right now is my budgeting around food. So Factor has done the math for us, and it is less expensive than takeout, and it doesn't compromise on nutrition and taste. Plus, there's so much flexibility. You can choose from 6 to 18 meals per week, and you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Join me and take the extra load out of meal prep and menu planning. Head to factormeals.com slash INYS50 and use the code they've gifted to my community, INYS50, to get 50% off. That's code INYS50 at factormeals.com slash INYS50 and save 50% off and make this week's meal planning and menu so much easier. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Yeah, you know, I think that's so important because if you're going to your friends and you're doing the venting piece, right? We know we share more of the hard stuff than the good stuff. Our friends start to develop this opinion of like, why are you with this person? Like what's actually going on over there? And so they only get that that negative perspective and it can feel really confusing. Mm-hmm. And and you're right. I think that in that friendship group, then the resentment can build there, the confusion, but then also too with you at home. Right. Um, I, I really like Britt that you added there this piece around your friends knowing Ryan uh, at, at their core as well and at his core rather, because sometimes what happens is when we do kind of share all of this tough stuff with everybody, then one partner can feel like the bad person. Right. And like, you know, if, if, for example, with my book coming out, one of the couples, Emily, she goes to her mom and talks about her husband with her mom. And then her mom is essentially saying, why are you with this guy? You deserve better. Right. And that just makes yes. everything that's happening in the couple that much worse. And not only that, but... um you know, the big thing for us is the closure piece because you can get in a fight with your partner. You share that fight with your friends. Your friends now have uh, have developed an opinion on the situation and on your partner. You come back home, you and your partner have an adult conversation. You clear the air, you clean things up, you get over it, and then you move on. But your friends are still left with the impact of the conversation and communication you left them with. And so if you don't circle back and say, Hey, Ryan and I had a great conversation. He totally understood my perspective. He apologized, blah, 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 blah. Then in their mind, this these things start to compound and compound and compound and compound. And where you're getting closure, they're wondering why you're still in this relationship. Well, you're in this relationship because you got closure. Mm-hmm. Everything got fixed. It's resolved. Everything's good. And to your point, a lot of your close, close friends, they get the bad stuff. It's almost the opposite of social media. Social media only sees the good things. Your close, close friends only hear the bad things. And there's somewhere in between is what you do for the remaining balance of the 23 hours that you have in the day. Um, and it's really not fair to your partner because, you know, it's funny because Brittany, Brittany has a social platform, a large social platform. And we run into people on a regular basis who recognize her, recognize us with the platform that we have, the podcast. But their perspective of me is through Brittany's filter. 
like not filters. Like I don't put like eyelashes on, right? No, no, no. How I, would, like, but how? But through your perspective of what you share, share. exactly. Right. So yeah. we'll have conversations with people, and they're like, "Wow, you're this. You're not who I thought you were." What? Oh yeah. What do you mean? Like I don't paint you in well, a bad way. I always play the buffoon a little bit in our in our roles, no, right? You're not. And you're so. Yeah, but that's not necessarily always true about me. And so when someone has a sit-down conversation and it's an authentic conversation and we share things, wow, Ryan, I didn't really realize that that you're as serious as you are about these certain things because they don't get my perspective. They don't get to see me in the light that that I want to shine in. They see me how Brittany sees me, not saying that you think I'm a goof, but how she presents me. So it's, uh, it's an interesting dynamic. So to circle back and to answer kind of what Brittany was saying, is just create that closure. If you're going to create a mess, you're responsible to clean it up. Mm-hmm. If there's a messy re- situation in your relationship and you have to go to a third party for advice, take their advice and do something about it. There's nothing worse than someone talking to you about their partner over and over and over again and doing nothing about it. At some point in time, if you're the listener to it, it's like, What's the point of me giving you advice? Are you list- are you asking advice or are you just complaining? Because I don't need to give you advice you're not going to take. And I don't need to hear this complaining constantly about your partner. They're either great or they're not great. And if they're not great, move on. So that's, a, that's kind of how we've always managed it uh, on our end, if that helps answer that question. Do, do you have an agreement between the two of you in terms of what you share with others and what you don't? I'm, I'm thinking of the multiple hats that you wear, the business part, the podcast part, the... The social part? Yes and no. It's not like written in stone. There's no like there's no contractual agreement that's in place, but there is certainly Brittany and I both recognize that we're not always going to be our best versions of ourselves to each other. We're stressed, we're, we've got a lot of things that we're juggling, family, life, all of these things. We're gonna say things that are not always perfect. We're gonna do things that are not always perfect. The the agreement that we have, which is spoken, is Never make me look like uh, a bad guy. Never make me look like I'm mean or I'm inconsiderate or whatever. And I will never do the same thing to you. It's a, it's, we always maintain a level of respect with each other when we go out to public and represent each other. That's what it comes down to. It's like, I'm going to say some things. I'm going to do some things that you're probably not going to like and vice versa, but never paint me in a picture as a bad guy. Also, like, I don't want my friends to think that because I know it's not true. So, like, if, Say Ryan's in the we're in an argument, and honestly, like Ryan and I don't actually argue a lot. Um, we usually just take a vote on the We argued this morning, but like <laughs> the only time we argue is when we um, haven't really connected or we we haven't seen each other. Like yeah. like you said, we work with each other. We both work from home. We're juggling multiple businesses together, so we're together a lot. But at the same time, like you can be together with somebody and like not connect because we're together when we're parenting, we're together when we're working one of our businesses. And then we don't actually have time to like just be Ryan and Brittany, like in a, like in a marriage. Do you know what I mean? So when we fight, it's usually a compounded issue of like, we just miss each other and we're not connecting. So it's like small little like remarks where we're and then they just build and we don't have time to address them because we're on the season of life where it's just like we're passing ships between the kids the summer like it's just nuts so oftentimes we'll have like an argument and we're like at the core of it we just miss each other and we just need to sit down and talk that's usually when we have our fights and that's why we really try to do these quarterly check-ins that we talk about all the time, which we are slacking on clearly because we are not connecting um, as, as effective as we usually are. And that that's just to get everything out on the table. Like, what are we doing? What do, like, what do we need help with? It's not a part of like morality. We're not making each other wrong. We're just like, this is where I really needed some help in this area this quarter. Where did you need help? Where could we improve? And that, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, we don't, we don't really want to, paint each other in a negative light because that's, we know that's not true. And there are times where we say things that maybe we don't mean, but even that, like, even when we fight, we're not, not, can I swear? We're not assholes. We're just like, we're like this. I've not like Ryan's ever been like, like, do you know what I mean? It's just like, it's it's, feelings. It's the denigration, right? You're saying we don't denigrate each other. We don't do that in public. We don't do it on our social media channels, but we, we argue the word I've been using with my kids is we bip. 
we bip at each other, right? Because the kids are really good at doing it. One's like, you're not supposed to do that. Mommy's watching. And then the other one's like, stop it. Yes. Right. So, so Greg and I use that language as well. It's like, we're bipping at each other. Mm -hmm. And I love that you brought this to our attention here is that piece of, do we feel connected in this season? Yeah. And it's so much easier at times to get stuck in the like the nattering back and forth when you don't feel connected. Totally. Yeah. You'd asked uh, your original question was about us working together. And the reason we work together is because we recognized how, how separate we were in our businesses. My business was growing in this direction. Brittany's social was growing in this direction. She was on fire. We were on fire. Life looked from an outside like everything was working. But what was happening was her and I were, were going in completely different directions. I wouldn't say completely different directions. They were just parallel to each other. And the gap was getting wider and wider and wider. It's the reason we started our podcast is like, you've got this social channel. We've got this traditional business over here. What can we do together? What can we create together that is consistent, that allows us on a week-to-week basis to connect? And because of what Brittany did, the the podcast was the answer to that. And I wouldn't say it saved our marriage because I don't think our marriage was broken. Um, But it's been three years now. And I can say with pretty... I'm comfortable saying that the relationship we have today is because we decided to do business together. Mm. I want to reflect that because I know a lot of people will say, oh no, we could never do business together. Like that's... Or, or we're struggling to do it together. So I think you're saying, Ryan, like it brought, we were in parallel, but then it, we found that intersection point mm-hmm. to have that time together, to do this together. What do you think are those key ingredients or must-haves that help you do that so well? I think also like we didn't, when we talk about this, we often speak about it as a creationship. It's not necessarily like, we're not saying get into business with your spouse because like we can do business together, but like ask us to build a IKEA unit and we'll be like, yo, your papers sign, sign, we're getting divorced. Like it's yeah. not happening. We got asked if we wanted to do the amazing race. I'm like, no, we would not I would be like together. To keep my marriage. Like we uh, truly would not finish the race. The first clue, the first half, we would be like, get on an airplane. Yeah. Nope, we're not, doing it. <laughs> not today. We're not together. Very headstrong in that, in that sense. So I just don't know. That wouldn't go well, but we know that we know our boundary. So, um, yeah, I, I just I feel like we we made this creationship so that we could create something together. And we're not saying go start a podcast to make sure you're together. It's just about doing something and making a commitment together outside of work. That could that could seriously be maybe you guys are into renovations. Maybe you and your spouse are like, you know what, let's renovate this room together. This is our project. Hey, maybe we want to join. I don't know, a a bowling league, an indoor golf league, but like you're doing it together and you're growing something together. You're experiencing something together, something new, which we've also spoke about. Like when you've been together with someone for a really long time, you lose that excitement of firsts. So when you're originally dating someone, it's like exciting. It's like your first date, your first kiss, your first intimate, whatever. Your first experience going out. That was memorable. A a vacation. But like once you've been together for so long, you run out of firsts. And to create something new is a first for both of you that you're both experiencing and it's exciting. And you're both committed to it outside of your roles as a parent or as a business person. So that creationship role has did really help us like come back together again and keep us like both wanting the same outcome yeah the key the key to the success is um we we have what we call a background of relatedness so i obviously know Brittany, but in each individual roles we have conditions of satisfaction that need to be met in each role so we look at our lives kind of in silos or verticals and each one of those i'm a different person my my roles and my responsibilities for each one of them are different and if I need something from Brittany within one of those roles, I make really strong requests that have 
dates, times, deadlines, all of those things. And she either accepts or, or declines those offers. Um, and as long as we stay within this world of, you know, we call it the conditions of satisfaction. What does it mean to satisfy me in this vertical? What does it mean to satisfy me in this vertical? Where the trouble comes into play is when you're wearing multiple hats at the same time. It's when you go out on a date night and you want to just connect and you talk about work. You want to connect and you talk about, in our case, the podcast or a guest or or an ad spot or something along those lines. And we do find ourselves often having those conversations. The last time we went out on a date night, we had a rule it was like not one single thing can we talk about work related. Not one. We bring it up, we're, we're kiboshing it. And the funny thing about it, Tracy, is we sit down and we're like, what do we talk about? <laughs> and, that, and that for us is like a big, okay, we need to create something new that is going to connect us that is not work related. Mm-hmm. When we can't sit down as a couple and talk about life outside of work, then we are too focused on those verticals. And that can include like judgments of others. It's very easy to sit with your partner and be like, did you see so-and-so? And like, we don't want to sit there and judge other people. Right. Like we say, when you're judging others, it's because you're you're not creating yourself. So that's like not how we're filling that void either. Like we want positivity. We want things that we're speaking about outside of our businesses. Um and yeah, it's it's hard. It takes work. Like you, it's not just like oh, I, well, everything will be fine. Like no, you actually have to put in the legwork and figure out what you can talk about outside of your businesses, or you're gonna maybe wake up one day and not know who your spouse is. Like I don't recommend you anymore. Yeah, communication. Obviously, this is your space. This is your domain. You know it better than we ever will. Communication is key, but what gets lost in the word communication is effective. It's not about talking. It's about effectively communicating. Um, and that, that is sometimes things aren't working the way that you want them to. And that's really difficult for a lot of couples. I find it, we've done a lot of work. The podcast has opened us up to, you know, having conversations with, with people like yourself where we do get insight on how things could work and, and how things can do, th- we can do things more effectively. But the one thing that I think Brittany and I have become extr- exceptionally good at in our relationship, and Brittany said it earlier, is not creating a morality around inefficiencies. Inefficiencies are going to happen. Growth is going to happen. Every time you're in a new season, whether that be a growth season or a reflection season, you're going to change. To expect your partner to anticipate that change and know exactly what you're thinking all day, every day, it's just, it's not fair to them. And so when we come to each other with something that we feel is an ineffective whatever, it's, we're doing it for the betterment of a relationship, not to make the other person wrong. It's like, hey, I feel like we collectively are responsible for this outcome. And I feel like we collectively are not working as efficiently as we should be in this situation. Now, that's confronting for people when they hear that things aren't working the way that you, they thought it was working. But the idea of not saying something, it just starts to compound and compound and compound. And what I've found in our relationship and with a lot of other relationships that we get the pleasure of having conversations with is resentment starts to build. And once resentment starts to build, it becomes really difficult to, to leave morality alone. Hmm. There's so many important pieces in here that I want to just touch on. The one Brit saying, well, actually, you both said this, experiential intimacy came from doing the podcast. And that's such a, a key element of intimacy because so often couples are focused on sex as an intercourse. And yet that intimacy comes from doing all kinds of different things, sharing emotionally, physically connecting, uh, experiential, doing something. And that that is that excitement and that newness. But then I think I hear the other piece here that you're saying, which is really important, is that when you're running a business as a couple, or even if you are a couple with children and you're not in business together, you can't go on that date night and only be in that domain. You lose the getting to know the other exciting parts of your partner. And that takes a lot of hard work to do, right? To say, okay, we're not going to talk about business. Actually, Greg and I were on a date yesterday and we're in business together and it's tempting to be like, okay, how's this and that and that? And hang on, no, this is not our business meeting on a Monday morning. This is our daytime park mm-hmm. all of that stuff so that we can actually have fun and laugh and know the other parts of each other. Mm-hmm. I love that you highlighted that. 
I think to, cause I maybe just to give like active advice. Cause if you find yourself sitting with your partner and be like, well, if we can't talk about, can't talk about work can't talk about whatever they're growing, like what is there to talk about a, a good exercise that we actually did with our kids this year, maybe last year we made um, like a family bucket list, but you can do that with your partner and it can just be for the next quarter. Like what, what kind of things do you guys want to do? Like, what do you want to do as a couple? And they can be like something as simple as let's make sure that we finish part of our laundry room. Let's try to do two dates uh, a month. Like something to look forward to in the next quarter so that you're actively planning and getting excited about something. Those are really fun. So if you have kids, it's really fun to do as a whole family because then they can interject and say, well, we really want to do this. And sometimes their ideas are just so simple. Like they're so cute and and they don't have to be like this fantastical, like we need to go on this huge family vacation. Like sometimes they're as simple as like, let's do like a water fight in the backyard. You know what I mean? But doing that as a couple, and it gives you something to get excited about for the next quarter during your date nights. If you're finding like you're struggling on something to talk about other than work, that's a, it's a really fun exercise. Yeah. Brittany and I have always, um, we've always believed that and it's for the laughing couple. We've always believed that the foundation for self-expression is laughter. And so Brittany and I, as two people who enjoy laughing together, when we aren't laughing, we recognize that that's missing. And it's a huge missing for us. And if laughter is missing from us, then intimacy is missing from us. If intimacy is missing from us, then sex is missing for us. And these are all key triggers for check-ins on how healthy your relationship is. And for us, we've always like, we've got the, the respect thing down pat. Like it's just, you respect your partner. But if we're not doing things like people say, Oh, you guys go on date nights. Well, I can't afford date nights. Date nights doesn't mean go out to mm-hmm. dinner. Date night means turn everything else off except for your relationship and focus on your relationship. If movies are your thing, then do the movies. If indoor golf is your thing, then do the indoor golf. For us, it's laughter. So we try to find things that make us laugh. Mm-hmm. And when we start laughing together, it is the complete package that we have as a relationship and and as a partnership and it just feels right everything else seems to go away when we start laughing and i'll tell you if Brittany's got a busy schedule on the weekends and i've got a busy schedule on the weekends it's hard to do it during the weekday but if we go two three weeks without her and i laughing sex is off the table it's Mm -hmm. just gone it's Mm -hmm. gone and then we get into these little teeny what did you call them? Blips? Blip, blip. Yeah, we're bipping. We get into these little bips. Um, and it's like, why are we doing this? And it always comes back to where we just are not connected. Everything is up here operating at a very high level, except for the thing that we're ignoring the most, which is us. And how do we do that? Let's just sit down. Let's have a glass of wine. Maybe that turns into a couple of glasses of wine and we start really laughing. Um, but those are the nights that those are the nights that really fix things. Um, and I shouldn't say fix them like they're broken, but they really mend uh, issues. Just time, mm-hmm. and we like each other, right? Like that's a big thing too. We do enjoy each other's company. I I could tell that from sitting with you guys, and I remember that feeling that way as well when I was on your podcast. Of like, yeah, you guys like each other. You like to chat and connect, and this is this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. When what what would you say to someone listening who says, you know? This is just so hard. Like it's, it's. I, I really don't want to do this. Why do I have to do this? Where do I even start? It's just so hard to to get into that space. I would say that generosity is missing. Mm. Yeah, say more about that. Yeah, I, I think when when you when you think it's hard, uh, that's resentment's there. Um, when you think it's hard, you think you're the only one crying, um, and that might be true. Uh, I'm not suggesting that it's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, but when when there's generosity in a relationship, you can generosity or empathy, whatever play those two words. Um, when those two things are missing, then it is a me versus them as opposed to a us. And uh, relationship life is difficult. Relationships have difficulties. Um, but 
as a general, if the two of you, and this is why Brittany says we do the creation ship as opposed to a relationship, I find that when people get into these funks, when they get into these, this is hard, it's because for the most part, they're thinking about what life used to look like. And what life used to look like didn't have the same drama. It didn't have the same worries, the concerns, the considerations, the stresses, all of the things that make your relationship what it is today. You didn't have that whenever you're thinking about what your relationship used to look like. So you're comparing today versus then. Of course, it's going to look difficult. Of course, it's going to look hard. But if you don't have the empathy for your partner to realize, hey, we got into this together what can we do together to get over this? If you don't have empathy for your partner, you don't have sympathy or generosity to your partner, you're going to make them wrong. And then morality is going to set in. And once you're in a situation where they're wrong and you're right, they're going to defend themselves. Good luck having that conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's why the, the biggest problem I think that most couples have is we don't have the tools necessary to have real, real conversations. And I don't even mean with our partners. I mean with ourselves. Right? We don't have the tools. We weren't given the tools to be like, why am I thinking this way? Why do I feel this way? How am I responsible for this? We have to make meaning of everything. And the easiest thing to make meaning around is that person's done me wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to just zero in and focus in over there because it's easier to focus in over there than it is to focus in here. If you do the work internally, recognize that you're responsible for the relationship, not like to blame for the relationship, but responsible for the relationship, then you can start taking the actions necessary to have real authentic conversations with your partner. But you got to be prepared that your partner's not equipped with this language either. You know what Ryan did um, years ago? And I know like your, the question was like, what do you say if people say it's hard? We have been working at our relationship for 13 plus years. Like we've been together for a very, very long time. And it hasn't always, like our communication wasn't always great. Like we were like, what are we doing here? And in one of our like really bad spots, it was before we had kids, we had just moved in together. We were like really struggling to connect. Ryan did this thing and it, it still affects me. And I feel like it would be such a good exercise for somebody who is saying like, this is really hard. My partner maybe isn't open to these conversations. They're not a good communicator. Every time I come to them, they're feeling attacked. Ryan, I mean, you don't have to do it this long, but for almost a year, and I think you maybe got six months and then we got pregnant. So things got crazy. But for six months, he wrote down one thing every single day that he liked about me. And it could have been like, today, today you made me dinner. I really appreciate that. Today, uh, you, you filled up my car. Today, you know, yeah, I, that's true. I don't ever fill the gas. I did yesterday though. Thank you. I did. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but it was just like small gestures. So now you're actively looking for the good in your partner, even when you guys are going through like a really rough time. And so if you're doing this without your partner's knowledge, okay, so they, you're not like, just, you know, I'm doing this every day. Yeah, so you, I, you didn't know I did it. I had no idea. And then he showed me all of these things. It was an email. And I, and I still have it every single thing. I don't even remember doing half of these things. And, and they were extravagant to like the most simple things. But it, it showed me he was trying and he saw this like these little things in me that maybe I didn't notice. And it was like so special. And I do feel like doing this for, let's say a month. Okay. I think that's a little bit more attainable for most people. But if you're in a really, really rough part of your relationship, I would encourage you to take a, a notepad and email and write one thing that you feel like your part you really liked that your partner did that day. It doesn't have to be necessarily for you. You didn't have to benefit for it, but like just something you really liked about them. And then at the end of the month, be like, hey, I just want to let you know, like I did this. I know we were going through something right now, but you're really special to me. And I just want to like here you go. And it does something to somebody because they can't be angry anymore. And it shows them that you really care. And so then that's almost like a little appetizer before you're like, Hey, I think we should maybe have a conversation. I really want to reconnect with you instead of coming up and being like, we're not connecting. Like, where are you taking accountability? Sorry, right. This is like my point. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a hand talker. Okay. Um, it, it kind of eases it in and it shows your partner that they have been like looking at you in a light that maybe you didn't notice before. And it was awesome. 
yeah, full disclosure, uh, it was it was a contribution uh, document. And the reason I had it is because it goes exactly to what you're talking about right now. We had reached a point in our relationship where I didn't see, I no longer saw the value of Britain. That's so hard. That's, it sounds terrible, but like I was just But, but, seeing, but real though, because real. Yeah. we get there. We, we can all say we've had these bottom moments in our relationship where we're thinking, is this it? Am I walking out or am I at the point where I actually have to do something different? Yeah. And maybe the value of being with me, maybe not my that, value. Well, you know, people people say, well, that doesn't serve me anymore. Yeah. Well, I had reached that point yeah. where I, I just thought there, there's no value that Brittany provides me. And that sounds so terrible. That I, I was thinking the same thing. So that, that, that's the that spot this, that you were in. I yeah, don't that, that makes this relationship make sense to me anymore. And yeah. so I... I knew that she was contributing, but I couldn't get over all of the things that I've seen that weren't a contribution. And so I gave myself one week. I said, I'm going to do this for one week. I, it's easy. And I'm sorry to say this. It was easy for me to see the things she wasn't doing. I wanted to focus on the things she was doing. So for one week, and that's all I was planning on doing was I just saw the contribution that she was providing. And I fell in love with her at the end of the week. And so I thought, I'm just going to keep doing this and thank god i did because we did get pregnant our daughter is our whole life well we now have a son as well we like but the too. relationship that we have we're talking 12 we're talking about a 12 year 13 year relationship that was in year nine mm-hmm. or year 10 or not year 10 that was in year three and so for us it was like can we make this thing work well yeah 10 years later thank god i wrote those things down because i can't see my life without the contribution of Brittany. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. Um, right down to like, I, I don't know how I would parent without Brittany. I don't know how I would live without Brittany because I'm constantly seeing the value that she provides. It's an exercise I did for a short period of time, but I, I live it now. Yeah, there there's so much to unpack in there. I just think it's so great that you shared that because I think what you're both sharing here is just how much we in our own perspective, I like to talk about the suitcase in our own perspectives, right? We have our own suitcase of stuff and our previous experiences and histories and worldviews and how we've learned to view the other person, to view ourselves and how we communicate. And uh, Ryan, you mentioned earlier that, you know, if we're not saying any, if we're not saying something, then resentment can build, right? We're at that point of resentment, but then also too, we have to go inwards to look at our contribution to the relationship. And if we're not willing to do that, it it is impossible to be in a partnership, right? Because you can't do that self. You can't avoid the self work in there that's required to be intimate and connected in a partnership. Yeah. And I I said, it's not difficult, but it's work. Yeah. Right. It's not difficult, but it is work. It's the same thing as like the argument is like, well, the gym is difficult. Yeah. So is, so is having health issues, right? Uh, at some point in time, you're going to choose to be committed to something and the outcome is going to be the outcome. So no action is an action. It's usually just not the results that you're looking for. And so whether it's the gym or whether it's reading or whether it's you know personal development or whether it's working on your relationship, you have a choice in the matter. And, and there's a big difference between like a decision and a choice, right? And Unfortunately, if you choose to ignore over and over and over again, eventually you're going to end up with a decision. And decisions, you know, decide, suicide, homicide, anything that ends in I'd kills things off, right? And so we choose ongoingly to make choices um, that impact our relationship. And if you don't do that, it's just eventually you're, you're not going to have a choice. It's going to be a decision and it's usually going to be made for you. And that's just something I don't ever want our kids to see. It's not something mm-hmm. that I ever want to experience. And it's not something that I ever want Brittany to have to go through. Um, so yeah, we're committed to each other. We're committed to our family. We're committed to our growth. Um, it's work, but it doesn't have to be hard. One of the big topics in my community is around navigating the mental load. And this is such a common one that shows up. I'm curious how you two have talked about it, what that looks like, especially because the mental load can show up not just at home as parents, but also in business. 
this is hard. This is a hard one. <laughs> this is a hard one because it creeps up on. Um, oh, a hundred percent. It creeped up, creeped up on us. And when, when I had my son at first, and so that was 2015, the term, I hadn't heard of the term and I didn't know what it was. And I would find myself looking for my husband in moments where it's like nap time. And I'm like, well, how do, why am I doing nap and you're out mowing the lawn or whatever, or, and then coming to, to, to recognize it when my daughter was born in 2017, as the term has grown and we're becoming more aware of what this looks like, both in business and relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we've talked about this so much in length at our, on our podcast. Um, in, in multiple different ways. Uh, I think that it's an ongoing conversation for Ryan and I because we both have such a huge mental load in separate parts of our lives. Specifically for us, it was a transition that we were new to because I had predominantly worked part-time. So I took on the mental load of like when we first had our daughter, I took on all of the like extra stuff in terms of a parent because Ryan was at work. I was happy to do so. Um, and then when Ryan came home from work, we really did like split the parenting. But throughout the day, like this was what I was doing to contribute to our family and Ryan was at work. I think over the last few years, as I started working just as much as Ryan, it was a weird transition for us to like, well, for, for Ryan, to be completely honest, um, because I, I had sat him down a couple times and been like, like, I am not okay. Like, I am struggling right now. I have never had to manage all of the family dynamics and all of my work dynamics at the same time. And he was like, in a space where he was so busy and he was like, I honestly don't know where I'm going to be able to find the time to help you. He wasn't intentionally not trying to help. He was just like spread so thin, like in his own work that he was like, I I don't, I don't know what to do here. Like we were like, really like, you know, we didn't know what to do. Um, And so it was a conversation that was so necessary. And if I can give anybody advice, like it will creep up on you, but you have to say your partner down and you have to say like, like, I am not okay. I'm not saying that this is your fault. But like we as a couple need to navigate small areas to share the load. I naturally, I think I'm just more of a a organized person in the family space. Like for instance, we like our kids were in camp. We just talked about this. Like Ryan didn't book any camps because like I do that. Like so back in March, I booked all, like I booked the camps. If I hadn't booked the camps, the kids would not have been in camp this summer. And it's, it's one of, if we need daycare, like I will reach out to a babysitter. Do you know what I mean? Like these are the small mental loads. If there's anything to do with any extracurricular sports, like that falls on me. And I have to take ownership is I actually like the control of that. So I need to actively say, like, can you do this? If any, anytime I need something like from Ryan, I'm like, I need you to manage this. He'll be like, no problem. He just, he needs the instructions. Like he will be like, got it. Where we fight sometimes is where I'm like, I don't want to have to ask you because then it's an extra tab in my brain to manage that I might as well just do myself. Like why? So we still struggle with this because I I try not to take it personally that I have to ask him. Like I'm like, you should just know. But he doesn't because he's dealing with so much over here. And I know that this is a season of like craziness for Ryan in our business that I'm not like, purpose like I don't think that Ryan's purposely doing this. I just picked up where he cannot. And then there are days where I come home and I'm like, I am not good. And he's like, got it. I'll get dinner. You work. Here's a baton. I will take over. Mm. And we've like learned that. But um we just I just saw a video on this. We just talked about this. This couple comes home and and they say, where are you at in terms of percentage? And she'll say, I'm at 80. And he's like I'm at 10. So she goes, no worries. I'll take over this. Maybe it's the other way around. And as long as your partner can kind of help you in those instances and you can communicate, you should be okay. You just run into problems if you're always coming in at 10 and your partner's always the 90. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, the mental load is, 
it's a sneaker. <laughs> it, we're still navigating through it. I don't think it needs to be solved right away. I just think there needs to be an open line of communication through both parties. And this is this is a this is a sticky subject topic. Um, and every time we talk about it, we get off the podcast. And Brittany says, "I don't know if we should have talked about that." But I'm you, sorry, I took you there. No, no, no. 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 It, no we're always no, happy we did. It's just it's honestly so raw because we often <laughs> get in like real time disagreements or arguments on our podcast, which we've both committed to being like. That's why people listen because it's truth. We're not yeah. sugarcoating yeah. stuff for people. So even though I help couples and I sit in front of them and I'm that objective outside person, this is still something that we're struggling in our own marriage as well. That the mental load is this ebbing and flowing thing. It's a constant flux back and forth. And it's really hard. Yeah, absolutely. But again, it goes back to it goes back to empathy and gratitude. Like if you are, if you are, if you have generosity in this situation, your partner comes to you and says, I'm mentally burnt out. What do you mean you're mentally burnt out? Well, no, they're telling you that they're mentally burnt out. Listen, yeah. now you might not have a solution for this and that's okay. If you don't have a solution for it, this is where the conversation comes into play. And the conversation is, well, what are we doing? What are we taking on that is pulling us away from these things that we can't juggle these things? And then what can we do about it? And so if, and this is why it is a creationship, not a relationship, because you get to create an outcome together. Sometimes Bernie will come to me, she'll say, I need this, this, and this, and I already have the answer. I know I'm like, yeah, okay, well, we'll do this, 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 and this. Boom, it's done. Sometimes she'll come to me and I, and we had this and I said, Brittany, like, I don't know what you want me, want from me. I can't give anymore anymore. And so when we, when we get to a point where I can't give anymore and she can't give anymore, it's what do we need to take off of our plate or, and this is where it gets like, "Mm, what can we pay for to have someone else take it off of our plate? And now money's tight. I know that we're in a recession. I know that money's a hard thing to solve problems. But let's say, for instance, we're always fighting about the house being messy, always fighting about the house being messy or the lawn not being cut or anything along those lines. Can we afford to have someone come in every two weeks and clean the house? Yes, no, maybe so. If it's yes, then do it. If it's no, then don't do it. Figure out something else. And if it's maybe so, well, what do we have to create to have that as an outcome? Because if we can pay someone to remove these stresses from us, and let's do that because all of these other things seem to be too important just to give up. And so it's a, it's a balancing act. But again, it's one of those things. It's like you either have a solution ready. And if you do, then do that. If you don't have a solution, neither of you have a solution. Now it's like, what do we have to give up or what do we have to pay for? Because what I'm committed to is that Brittany doesn't get burnt out. What she's committed to is that I don't get burnt out. Why? Because our kids don't deserve burnt out Ryan and burnt out Brittany. Mm-hmm. They deserve the best version of us possible. Now, I might not be the best version of me on Monday, and Brittany can be that best version. Brittany might not be the best version on Tuesday, but I can be that best version. If on Wednesday, both Brittany and I can't be the best version, we need to have a conversation because our kids don't deserve that. And, we, and honestly, there's going to be days where you're not, and you just need to like, be honest with each other. Let's let's try to give. We'll both give ten percent to make a solid twenty. But like you, you gotta talk about it because yeah. it'll compound. It'll you'll end up resenting each other, and it'll literally it just doesn't help anyone. And here's the thing: like well, we live in a wonderful community. We have amazing parents on both sides. When we get to a point where we're totally burnt out, pick up the phone. Can someone watch our kids? Mm-hmm. Can Can you watch our kids? Can can my son go over and hang out with your son? Can my daughter go over and hang out with you? Because if I'm at zero and Brittany's at zero, or if I'm at 10 and she's at 10, our kids need to go to some place where they're going to laugh and have a good time. And, and it ain't going to be with us. It might be hard. Like, And we are very fortunate to have the community and the village behind us. And so I know a lot of people don't. And so that's where the intentionality comes in for date nights. You put your kids to bed. You have a game night. You don't turn on the TV and watch Netflix until you fall asleep. Unless that's an in, like, unless you both say, "Hey, I don't want to think tonight." This is our intention. Jack Ryan, yeah, yeah. We love, we love Jack Ryan. Um, but like, you can make your own date night. You just have to get creative. Like, we lived in COVID for two years. The shit that we did in two years, like, we had some fun. 
days because we couldn't go anywhere. So we made our own date nights. And there's so many things you can look up and research. You just have to have intentionality behind it. So I understand that not everybody has access to the village and the help, but you can get creative and make that time in your own home. Just to add to that for people listening last night, well, yesterday during the... It was kind of a early date night, say. But Greg and I have connected with another family in our neighborhood. The kids are the same age. They go to school together. They happen to be at the same camp. This family picked up our kids this week. So Greg and I had the extra two hours in the evening together. Last week, we took their kids and they came for dinner. So they had the date night, right? That, that's been something that's been really helpful. But then if we're both at, working at home, take that time. Can you wake up 30 minutes earlier to have coffee together? Can you... If the kids are in school, can you do something during the day, right? Like finding those yeah. flexible moments and re- kind of, it's, it's like the redefining. It doesn't have to be family if it's not possible. Right. But where's the wiggle room within that? Okay. I'm mindful of our time, guys. I am. So, I mean, I have this list of questions over here. We didn't get to them. We didn't need to because you were fantastic to speak with. I'm so grateful for both of you giving me and my community your time and sharing about this stuff and openly talking about what it means to be a couple and to navigate this season of creationship and your relationship and parenthood. So thank you so much to both of you for this. Thank you. Thank you. Always a pleasure. I know. We talk a lot. <laughs> it was great, guys. Thank you so much. Remember, this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not substitute for the care from a licensed mental health care provider. See you next week. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.